Hey y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do wanna let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. for the Creative Pep Talk podcast, the show where we talk about making money and making awesome art. That's what this is all about. If that's the thing you want to do, you're listening to the right podcast. Today, we talk with my friend, Tad Carpenter. We've been online buddies for years and years, and this is the first actual conversation we've had, which is very strange, but it was fantastic. I had a great time talking with him. Tad is a genius. He is brilliant. I brought him on the show because I think he is an industry leader and he knows some amazing things. His art is fantastic. His craft is a very high level. Uh, And in a minute, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into why I asked him to be on the show. Before we jump into that, I just want to thank Illustration Age for being our syndicate. You can find this show on illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site, It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. 
if you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Tad Carpenter to be on the show. He originally I wanted him on the 50th episode, but he couldn't make it for that. And we kept trying to figure out a time to chat. Finally figured something out for you guys. And I'm so thrilled because when I think of success in the arts, I think of Tad Carpenter. I kid you not. I mean, who wouldn't want a client list that sports Target, MTV, Adobe, Hallmark, Chronicle Books, Kid Robot, and I could go on and on and on and on. Who wouldn't want to have this career under their belt? And when I think of professional, when I think about someone who really nails the business side of art, uh, I think of Tad. I think of someone who um, has made a real thriving career, a, a real full-on, totally legit career, pioneered on their own. I think of this guy because I can see uh, the success from a mile away and it's awesome and it's always been inspiring to me and he's been a guy who has made himself available to me over the years since I got started back in 08 he's always been there to answer questions or help me out and he is in my mind just a picture of making a real career out of art not just getting some lucky gigs here and there but turning this into an actual career and that has always been inspiring to me the other reason I wanted to talk to Tad is because on the flip side, uh, the, the fulfillment on the creative side, here's a guy who consistently is breaking new grounds, breaking new territories, doing things that, uh, you know, across the board, keeping it interesting, you know, and I and one of the themes that kind of appeared as I, we were talking and as I was going back listening through this is just the limitlessness that he doesn't limit himself to, you know, this small corner. Yeah, you can see this strong voice that's apparent through everything he does, and I respect that. But he can do a kid's book or he can make a poster for Bob Dylan. He can do that kind of range. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons he's able to be creatively fulfilled and stay excited. And by staying excited, staying relevant, and keeping that business flowing. And so I wanted to just dig a little bit deeper and see what kind of gems we could unearth from this chap. Uh, so first, what we started talking about was just this idea of what do you call yourself? Because, you know, you do range from illustration to books, identity, posters, packaging, prints, all kinds of stuff. He even does brand identity. That's a big part of what he does. And that's a, a big range of things to do. And I wanted to talk about what do you call yourself? You know, this is something that's been a challenge for me. I usually go to commercial art, uh, commercial artist, but, you know, there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And so we talk a little bit about that. And I think you'll find that, you know, he doesn't put a lot of limits on himself and it, it enables them to do all kinds of things. Here we go. I know when I was in like, you know, 
middle school, let's call it, I remember taking my first commercial art class, you know what I mean? And that was like, you know, we designed like a poster for like, you know, a, you know, a leukemia walk or something, you know what I mean? Or like we did a, you know, and it was commercial art. And it's like, yeah, I think a lot of us probably at one time or another, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us probably did think about maybe fine art or just creating art in general, just because that's something we've always done. And I know I started and I thought at one point for a long time, I was like, I'm gonna be a painter. Like, this is what I wanna do. I wanna paint and, and, and sell them and like do all these things, which then, you know, that then led to graphic design and illustration. You know, it just was this natural kind of migration that way. I feel like I constantly have a struggle with students and then, and then even young young designers and illustrators out of school that like don't fully understand where they fit in our industry. Cause it's like, you're like, hey, well I, um, I have a degree in graphic design, but I really love to like draw and make things, you know? And I'm like, or I, I have a degree in illustration, but I wanna get a job. Where can I get a job as an illustrator? And I'm like, well, you have like two or three options right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like Hallmark Cards is a great place or American Greetings or, you know, Target might hire some. Um, or do you like, you know, <laughs> do you like, you know, do you like concept art or video games? You know, and it's like, and then it's like, well, that's not, the, like, like you or I, that wouldn't be a good fit for us probably, you know? And so it's like, so it's like, how do I just, you know, how can I discuss or, or create something for you? And, and the way I know I approach classes that I teach or even when I'm, you know, talking to people about it, it's like, I don't know how our, our education system can do a better job at it. It's obviously above our pay grade, but it's like, to me, it's like, I'm done. I am so sick of putting people in these little, these little bubbles of, no, no, you are a graphic designer because you like to work with typography, you know, and you're an illustrator because you like to make pictures or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's like all of us, you know, I mean, there's this huge group of us and that do both of those things. And, and, and you know, I know the work I get where I might illustrate a book but I'm also gonna design it for the most part, or I'm illustrating a book, but at the same time, we're, you know, we're creating a brand identity for a, you know, some sort of like a tea company or a, a salon, or, which is very design heavy and very type-based. And, you know, so it's like, it's like so what am I? And, and do I even need to be one thing over the another? I, I don't think you do. Yeah, that's a mix. And I, and I have seen kind of a, a migration of late where either small design firms um, or even larger firms that they'll put out kind of a call for, hey, we're hiring, we're looking for a, a graphic designer. Um, we'd really prefer this designer to be able to um, illustrate and, and you know, uh, create iconography and also have strong type skills and maybe have a little bit of a backbone or, you know, background in, you know, you know, simple, you know, WordPress or, you know, whatever. We were like, wait, wait, wait a second. You just described everything kind of, you know what I mean? Like, wait, you're, you want a graphic designer, but you want someone that can draw really well and you want someone that can maybe have a, just even a knowledge of um, back-end development. You know, you're like, wow, you're, you're kind of looking for the world. But at the same time, like, there's probably a very large group of people out there that are kind of like, well, I could probably fit that bill, you know? Or, um, and to me, that's exciting seeing that more people are looking for that. Um, because that, I mean, again, that's, that's, that's what's so awesome about our industry is that, you know, you can do a lot of different things. So what I took away from this was maybe not super obvious right from the get-go because, you know, Tad 
does use words like designer and illustrator uh, and author to describe what it is he does, uh, you know, and that helps him communicate what he does. But I think the point of all this is not to let the that terminology limit your own thinking. You know, I think because it's important to communicate clearly and effectively that a lot of people go out there, say, this is what I do. And then when someone comes along with an interesting opportunity that's really outside of their uh, view, they turn it down or they don't rise to the occasion. And I think one of the things that Tad points out over and over is that what makes what we do so good and so interesting is that you can do new things every day. And I think the longer you go, um, the longer you go, the more diverse uh, your career has to look or, or gets to look. You know, I talk about early on in this podcast, I talk about focusing on one thing and communicating the one thing that you do really well. And to be honest, I think that that is really more about breaking into to an industry than it is creating a viable, thriving career. Because I think nowadays, you it's really hard to exist or thrive on just one stream of income, just one market or one niche. However, I think in order to break into some of these really difficult niches like kids' books or editorial illustration, you do need to communicate something really, really strong initially in one direction. But as you've solidified that, I think that it's really interesting, fun, and exciting, as well as financially rewarding to diversify and do different things. And I kind of think of it like, um, I just kind of think of it like Doritos. I just just wanted to pause there. Uh, You know... If you look into marketing, they say that uh, it's so much easier for a brand to launch a brand extension product rather than a new product altogether. And that's why you have, you know, fiery jalapeno fish taco Doritos instead of a totally new chip from that brand because extending the brand of Doritos is way easier than trying to break in with a completely new brand. And also, I think even not just in the side of finances and business, I think that Tad brought up a a lot of good points about how it's just creatively fulfilling and it keeps it interesting and keeps you excited when you get to do a slightly different thing every day. That's the benefit of our industry in general is just the the sheer amount of diversity you can get yourself into as far as the work's concerned, you know? And it can change daily, you know? It's like I couldn't, I couldn't just be a traditional graphic designer all the time and say, hey, nope, I only do with, I only do editorial page layout. Like that is all I do all the time, you know? Um, and the same to be said, like with illustration, I couldn't only just do editorial work or books or, you know, whatever. Like I need that change every week and, and every day where you're hopping from different client to different client. Fortunately or unfortunately, um, I have a lot of passions 
within our industry, you know? So um, as far as like strategically doing a certain amount of things is I would say the backbone of what I do um, is actually um, probably brand identities. And um, and to be honest, that's one of the things I enjoy doing the most is creating brand identities. And, and those can be for small companies, large companies, um, rebrands, um, whatever. But um, creating brand identities is definitely something I love to do. So I think that's something I always keep in my mind as far as those aren't like for anybody. I don't think those are easy jobs that are constantly just like showing up, you know. Um, those are hard, you know, where illustration work, I almost feel like I can um, – I can create illustration work for myself almost if I want, you know, and all of us can, you know, um, if I, I have an idea for a book, well, let me tighten my manuscript up for you here the next few months or whatever. And then I'm going to try to sell it to some publishers and uh, hopefully eventually someone acquires it. And guess what? You just got an illustration project. You know what I mean? Where from a brand identity standpoint, um, I'm, I'm probably not going to just go start a restaurant on my own. <laughs> that, I, that would be a bad move for everybody. Like you know, nobody would want that. You know, but um, but I love we, I love creating brand identities, and that so I think that's something that we're fairly conscious about. Like um, you know, sharing projects that we're working on um, with that. And I'll be completely honest as far as like how I share things on the internet or what I say and things like that. I am not strategic at all. And, and maybe maybe some people are. I'm very just like, hey, here's who I am, unfortunately. And like, hey, here's something I was working on. Or, hey, uh, here's a stupid thought that literally just popped. You know, I'm, I'm just not very, um, I'm just not very strategic in that manner. But yeah, I definitely would say the, the that brand identity work is, is something that I, you know, we do a lot of and I constantly want more new businesses and new projects of that nature to come in. So to do so, I think you do have to share that kind of work and make sure that you kind of stay on top of that in some, some manner. Um, also when we have that kind of type of work, we're pretty strategic. Like we try to put, um, a pretty fair amount of str um, strategy just involved in those projects. We don't just start making right off the bat. We have a whole kind of strategy session we start with every new new client so that that's always a big kind of um avenue that we pursue and, and find very important as far as part of kind of our practice and our process um and then and then i guess the kind of work that we probably aren't as strategic about or hat plan is um you know i i guess i would probably say some of the illustration work and then I feel like that stuff just kind of comes in a little bit more organically maybe and it's like you know maybe it's a it's somebody you've done work before that needs some sort of illustration help or they've seen something somewhere and they like that particular illustration or that particular style and to them that makes real that makes a lot of sense they're like oh I see visually right off the bat how you can help us um, and, and so I feel like that that's a little more organic and, and like I said even when I said about you know it's like you can kind of create those projects on your own a little bit more um, through some sort of passion project or you know even just the idea of kind of putting your entrepreneur pants on and like coming up with a product and trying to go out and sell it to somebody you know I think that these are some interesting distinctions and I think this is another layer of what makes a multi-tiered career creatively uh, fulfilling and also rewarding. And just in terms of, 
you know, saying that the identity stuff is stuff that he needs to drum up a little bit more directly, whereas the illustration is something on the back burner that kind of spills over one project after another in an organic fashion, which again, I think is good for the ebbs and flows. And it's, uh, although I don't do brand identity, I have different components in my career that make everything kind of flow. The cash flows better that way. And the natural flow of projects kind of uh, tips over, even in terms of like, for me, you know, there are certain parts of my work that are really busy in, let's say, the summer and the winter, and then there are other types that are more active in the fall and spring. And so I think as you diversify and grow your portfolio, um, all of that starts to kind of happen naturally. Next up, we start to chat about the tightrope walk that is balancing business with art. I think that one of the most impressive things about Tad's career is his ability to be a true business person and a true artist at the same time. That tightrope walk is something I think we'll all probably be doing most of our career, but hopefully you eventually figure out um, how to take each step and it gets easier and easier. And yeah, it, it's at the end of the day where this is, this is, it, I mean, we're, we're getting to do something we love for a living and get paid for it. And this is super rad and this is super fantastic and we're all very lucky to do it. But at the end of the day, it's also a business. It's like, it's also something we do. So you have to try to figure out like, okay, I got to be profitable at this. And, uh, you know, you want to take on work that you enjoy and you like, and you can be fulfilled from, but at the same time, like, to me, it's always finding this balance of like, okay, I have I have projects that are really exciting and very fulfilling, yes. Um, and there might be some jobs that are a little more just more um, economically fulfilling, let's call them, you know. But then at the same time, you always have to have, at least I personally, always have to have a two or three little passion projects just kind of floating around the outside of everything, you know. So I'm like, you know what? I got a couple free hours, which doesn't happen that much, but you're going to be like, I got a couple hours and you know what? I'm going to just, I'm just going to do, I'm going to make something for myself, man. Yeah. Like let's just do that. And that then your fulfillment level gets charged up to 90 and then you can go to bed and then tomorrow you're going to be ready to start working on, you know, whatever that other client project is. And you've already kind of, your fulfillment levels kind of already raised and and you're in a good place creatively. And then you can go do something else. It's just like, it's finding that balance and that teeter, um, kind of, you know, that that's so important to figure that out. And I don't think, I think that takes time to figure out. I don't think that's something you do right away. It's so, yeah, it's weird how like every once in a while you need, it's like, hey, I need a project that's only going to be like a couple weeks long. Like I need that for myself, like so I can make something and get it out and, and it's done, you know, where so often I feel like projects are months upon months and you're just like, you know, by the end of it, it's not that you're sick of it, but you're just like, well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, all right, I'm still in this, here we go, you know, where it's like, um, it's just, it's just a lot, you know, it's just a lot to take on. But it's also a thing, you know, you, you mentioned it previously a little bit about like trying to figure out how um, we're lucky in that what we get to do for a living very much um, kind of can fulfill you or not fulfill you. And um, just from a life standpoint, you know, it's, it's, it's almost scary to me somehow that like 
the, the work we all do and, and, and the process of creating it can fulfill me as much as things outside of my career sometimes, you know? And like that scares me a little bit. The next thing I wanted to talk to Tad about and kind of extract uh, the, his value and kind of bring it to you is this idea of, you know, understanding the balance between your own limits and, and a limitless view and an expansive view and vision for your career. Because I think that Tad seems to strike this balance incredibly well where he's able to get the most out of his current situation, his current skills, uh, the current playing field, and really maximize that in such a way that he doesn't overstretch his limits. But then when that starts to evolve, be able to expand his vision into new territories. And so really, he started kind of as any traditional designer would. Yeah, I mean, and I think something I tell young designers and students all the time is, I think, and you probably encounter this too, I'll, I'll meet a young designer or a student of mine that graduates and he's like, you know, man, I'm not, I ain't going to go work nowhere. I'm just going to go freelance right off the bat and just work for myself and like, I'm going to take this world by storm, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, man, <laughs> you know, good luck, you know, and like my advice to everyone, like, and, and it seems probably like a long time, but like, if you can try to work for somebody for five years, even three years, three to five years, like if you can please go try to work for someone for just those first three to five years, you're getting paid to learn this industry, like right off the bat, you know, and, and to me, that's, Absolutely. And you can have the best instructors and the best institution in the world. And like, there's no way that you can, that education is never going to value the experience that you're going to get, you know, I mean, hell, even from an internship, you know? And, um, so I, I mean, and I kind of had a similar path. Like I, you know, I, when I graduated school, I went and worked at a, at a small studio for, you know, um, gosh, over, you know, around five years. And, and, and to me, I think that was really important because to be honest, probably like a lot of 20, two 23-year-olds. Like, I had, I had no clue what I wanted to do and where I was going to go. Um, I had a ballpark idea of what I was starting to enjoy, you know. It's like, I knew I liked, you know, creating logos and icons, and I knew I loved to do illustration a little bit, but, like, I was like, I have no idea how any of these things go together. I have no idea how I'm really going to make a living, um, but this cool studio kind of likes me, and I'm going to work there, and hell, let's just roll the dice and see what happens, you know? And, um, so, um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I started, and, and like I said, I don't, I don't know if I had a necessarily a preconceived notion of exactly where I was going to go. Really lucky to um, grow up the son of an illustrator and designer and, a, and came from a creative family. So um, my father, um, he's been a uh, creative director or designer or whatever, you know, creative in general with um, Hallmark Cards, um, which is located here at World Headquarters, is here in Kansas City, Missouri. And um, he's been with them, gosh, this is, he doesn't like me telling people this, but I think this is officially his 40th anniversary there this year. That's, that's kind of stuff that none of us are ever going to see again. You know, like he literally, this was his first job out of college and he is still there today. You know what I mean? And 
then, you know, the further I got, or I guess I should say the closer I got to that opportunity, I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe that isn't what I should do um, for, magnet, for for several, several reasons, you know? I mean, first reason is I, you know, to be honest, I, I didn't think I wanted to live in my dad's shadow, you know what I mean? Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's, my dad's my biggest hero. Like, I literally got to grow up with, like, you know, um, most kids Joe Montana, you know what I mean? Like, every day I got to see my dad doing amazing, cool stuff and me being like, oh my gosh, that is what I want to do. And to this day, he's still that person to me. But at the same time, I'm like, if I go to Hallmark, if I make this conscious effort to go there, what does that mean for me down the road? So for me, I kind of went the design design firm route and a small route, and um, that really set a tone for my, my work ethic, my um, kind of my overall practice was, was, was doing that. And then, um, and, and then I started doing more illustration work, which is I didn't know a whole lot about the freelance illustration world. My dad had done a lot of freelance illustration when he was there, but primarily all in um, the children's book industry, which is obviously something I like and, and now do myself. But as far as some of the more freelance work and actually creating a career on your own, um, that was that was totally a new idea. So um, so I didn't entirely expect that either. Um, so I mean that's kind of like where I started, where I came from, and then kind of you know kind of how things started kind of evolving a little bit. But then I started getting calls for, um, hey, I'm, I'm starting a new restaurant. Can you do the whole brand identity and build out for it, you know? And I was like, holy cow, what? You know, like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a tick. You know, this isn't like doing a, a spot illustration that's due tomorrow morning, you know? Like, this is a different experience for sure. And it's a, it, it, it's going to take a different approach, you know? It's going to need a different approach. And so, um, so again, a lot of that was always primarily by myself, you know? I was kind of doing that. And, um, and, and so to me, just the experience of that started to kind of open my eyes up a little more of that, hey, wait, like this could, you know, for the long haul, it, this might need to change a little bit. This is that ability of Tad's that I admire to kind of see when things need to expand. And, and I continually say we, and it's not the royal we, it's uh, our studio very much is uh, in a transition right now and changing. Not just me anymore. Um, somebody who I, I, I find to be a mentor, I remember talking to her once about um, her studio and, and um, here in Kansas City, there's a design firm um, called Willoughby Design Group. And if people aren't familiar with it, or, or a lot of people probably are, Anne Willoughby is um, a, she's an AIGA gold medalist. She's a um, you know she's a she's a Milton Glaser era designer, and even more importantly, um, she owns the oldest woman-ran design firm in the country. And my kind of connection with her is, and this will transition us into kind of where we're heading, I guess, is uh, my wife, who's an amazing graphic designer and art director, um, she's been an art director with Ann Willoughby for over 10 years. So we've, we've been involved for a long time, and I remember talking to Ann once just about, you know, how she got started in the 1970s as a woman starting a design firm and why she did that, because really her, her background is, is as an illustrator also. And, and, and she, I remember her telling me that, you know, I got to a point at one day where I said, 
this right now is as far as I can ever go as a single maker, as a single creative person. And if I want to take on other things and I want to try larger projects or even just different work, I have to start to collaborate with more people and bring people in. And I remember her saying that and I just remember like, wow, you know, you're you're probably right. At some point, if you are, if you want to do more diverse work, you you have to kind of change things up a little bit, you know. And um, so that was one of those things I remember. Remember thinking. I remember hearing, and, and, and that kind of started to kind of catapult, kind of where we're kind of heading now, I guess. Yeah, like my wife and I have been talking about this. I mean, literally, probably most of our lives. I mean, we've been together almost 12 years in some form or fashion, from dating to getting married, and, and we met each other in art school. And um, and we always, you know, after several years of dating, like we kind of always daydreamed about, like, oh man, one day it'd be awesome to like do something together. I mean, it's something that's kind of been building for for some time, and that's just like kind of expanding kind of what we do in our practice a little bit and and um, I'm lucky enough to be married to an art director and designer and you know one of the most talented people I've ever met she's so so good and um, uh, we always knew we wanted to work together and partner together we complement each other very well and we just didn't know when the right time was and um, it's just kind of gotten a little overwhelming over the past year or so and we finally just said we just you know, it's it's time. We have to do this. So just back in, just very recently, back in June, um, my wife Jessica and I have partnered 100%. And so um, she's on full time now. Um, we're going to kind of, you know, our, our, our company's going to kind of change as a little bit because of that, which is great. It's, it's all good changes. It's So it's, it's the two of us kind of um, running the show. And then we have, um, currently we have three designers working with us, um, all kind of on a part-time basis. Some are students that intern for me. Um, and, and they all work, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 some hours a week for us, um, which is, um, which has been really beneficial and really helpful. And, um, and, and, and that's kind of where we're, we're starting to head and it's, we're really excited to kind of, kind of move that direction. And, and the only thing that's like really making me angry and upset is just the fact that we are really busy and we have zero time to uh, rebrand ourselves and get our new website launched and do our new identity and like re-photograph all the new work we've been doing. It's like, there's zero time to do any of that. And as it started approaching, I think it did get a little scary because we're like, oh man, like it's time to do this. Like you have to. And when it's something that you've you've dreamed about and wanted to do so long, you you want to make sure you do it right, and you want to make sure that it doesn't you know it doesn't not work. You know, uh, uh, we've collaborated on stuff for a long time. I mean, she I always show her everything I'm working on or things I'm I'm, I'm playing around with, and she always makes it better with suggestions or just some some sort of idea or you know whatever. But then to actually spend 24 hours a day together, um, that's a different ball of wax, and not every couple can can do that, you know. And and admittedly, the first the first few weeks of it, like. It, it wasn't all peaches and cream, but we were feeling each other out. 
you have to work out the kinks, you know, it ain't perfect. And it's, and it's all me. It's like, I mean, she's perfect. You know, it's, it's like, it's, I'm just a weirdo where I'm like, why is she working on that right now? What the, what the hell, man? Where I'm like, of course she's working on that. Like, that's why we're together now. You know what I mean? Where it's like, but I'm used to doing that part of the project. Why? You know, we're like, no, this is what you're doing. This is what we're figuring out. And, and you know, it's just absolutely. And then now I'm like, oh man, why didn't we do this early? You know, it's like, it's just perfect. Like it, it's, it's, it's really great. So I'm really excited to see where Carpenter Collective goes. And if you want to check out their work, go to tadcarpenter.com and go check out all the work they're doing. I think the way that he has grown his career has been very organic. And even in this last major shift, he's done a really good job of maintaining the voice and just kind of making this seem just like the natural next step. And I'm looking forward to seeing kind of a modern day Eames, uh, Gerard kind of studio, you know, little studio building out of this awesome career that he's created. And, um, you know, it's exciting to watch. So thank you, Tad. Thanks for being part of the show. Thank you for all your insight. You are awesome. Thanks for all your help over the years. It's been, you know, invaluable to me. And, uh, yeah, I'll just be continue to watch in excitement as, uh, your new endeavors unfold. So we had a lot of music on today's show and I want to thank the bands. They all come from the free music archive, except for my show songs. Uh, we had how, how with the song steamboat. The band Broke for Free with the song Something Elated and Warm Up Suit. We had Jazar with Please Listen Carefully. And Lee Rosevere with Let's Start at the Beginning. Thank you. You can go check those out at freemusicarchive.com or .org, rather. And our show songs the opening song and the closing song are by the fantastic band Y one of my all-time favorite bands that's W H Y question mark they were kind enough to let us use the songs for the show so thank you Yoni uh the lead singer i really appreciate it the first song is January 20 something and the last song is their song Berkeley by Hearseback Go check those songs out. Thank you, Illustration Age, for being the proud syndicate of the show. You can find the show on illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. Now, this episode had a little bit more heavy lifting in terms of production and editing. If you enjoyed that, go back the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash creative pep talk. Um, I can't afford to be putting that kind of editing into every episode, but I'd love to get to the point where we could do some, do that every episode. And so if you want to see the show grow and expand and get better and better, go help out by backing, uh, the podcast per episode at the Patreon. Um, even a dollar or $2 an episode really dramatically helps. So thank you guys. This is hopefully a taste of brighter things to come and let's just have tad close us out with some uh thoughts on the secret sauce that makes tad so awesome thank you tad you are awesome
for me, it's a simple thing for me, and it's hard to say about everyone else, but even other people that I know, I think I probably have an idea what it is because, I mean, to me, and we all can see it, I mean, you, you go online or you, you open annuals or books or, you know, whatever, and there's a, it's, 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 it's astounding, it blows me away how many unbelievably talented freaking people there are. I mean, all freaking over. I mean, off the charts talented, you know, crazy talented. But uh, but for me, and it's like, I'm not, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm okay, you know, but it's like at the end of the day, what it is is it's not talent. It's not the quality because at, at some point, everybody's good. Like at some point, everybody's really freaking good. And at the end of the day, um, it's that work ethic and how hard you're willing to work. Uh, Buck Owens and the Buckaroos, Mr. Buck Owens himself once said that uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. There's no shortcut at all. Like the only way to do it is to do it.